Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Vayetze and in Parasha Vayetze there is a very um, famous explanation concerning prayer, concerning tefillah and it deals with the incident in which Jacob goes to sleep and he has a famous dream, Jacob's Ladder's dream, in which he dreams of this very, very long ladder that starts in the in earth and it ends in the heavens. And the angels are going up and down the ladder. And, uh, and, um, and the, what the allegory uh, of the ladder is, according to the Zohar, the, the primary work of Kabbalah, it explains that this ladder is joining heaven and earth and it symbolizes prayer because really when you're praying what you're doing is you're bringing heaven down to earth and you're taking earth up to heaven that's what it is it's um it's an up and down down and up uh, situation and by means of the ladder of prayer we're capable of alighting rising and elevating ourselves to a highest level so when we pray we are elevating ourselves, we're elevating our prayers, we're elevating our soul and, um, and it's very interesting about prayer is that first of all we have to understand what is the, the, the meaning of it. So in Yiddish the, the people say I'm gonna daven, this is a word they use for prayer, daven and there are various theories about this word daven and some say that daven comes from the from the hebrew word dovav which means to move the lips so from here we learn that the most important thing when you're praying is that you're moving your lips i see people that sometimes are doing tehillim or they're praying and they're like nothing is being done it's a it's an action prayer has to be something that is active so uh, we don't pray silently we verbalize everything we say because when we move the lips Hasidut explains that we're bringing our thought into our actions so in, in also in Aramaic in the word uh, in Aramaic it comes from the they say that daven comes from the word davuhon in Aramaic which means from our fathers and according to the Talmud it was our forefathers Abraham, Isaac and Jacob the ones that instituted prayer so we know that Abraham brought into the world the, 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 the prayer of Shaharit, the morning prayer Isaac brought into the world the, the, the Minha which is the afternoon prayer and Jacob instituted the Arvit or Marif which is the night the, when night comes the night prayer so so since our prayers origina, originate with our forefathers, Davuhon is called davening. In Hebrew, the word for prayer is tefillah. What does the word tefillah mean? There are two translations that are literal and accurate. And the word tefillah comes from the word pelel, which means to judge. And tefillah is a time of self-evaluation. It's a time to, to look inside of yourself, to see where you are, to, to make an accounting of your deeds. It's a, it's a time of self-judgment, introspection. And it's a time when people get, have a time to focus on, them, on, on, on themselves and what needs to be corrected within themselves. So. So we see here that on another level, in another translation, tefillah means attachment. 
And what it means is that when we pray, we attach ourselves to our Creator, to Hashem. And there's a bond between our souls and uh, between ourselves and God. Prayer is a process of putting things together. When we dive in or when we pray, there are two things in the universe. It's you and Hashem. And the problem is that there are two entities when they should be united as one. So tefillah, what tefillah does, what davening does, is it remedies this problem. It puts Hashem and, and us together. It makes us one. So, um, so our sages tell us that Jacob's ladder had a four rungs. And Hasidic teaches, uh, I, uh, teaching identifies four stages in the prayer. There's four stages corresponding to, two fo to, to the four parts of morning shaharit prayer. So we have uh, the verses of praise. This is what we begin praying in the morning. We start praising Hashem, which is called Pesukeit de Simra. Then we have the blessings that precede the Shema. Before we do the Shema, we're doing these blessings. And then we have the Shema, and then we have the Shemone Ayesre, or the Amida, which is the standing silent prayer uh, and it's called Shemone Ezra because of the 18 blessings that are included in this prayer. So these four stages from grad, uh, form a gradual process which allows us to reach to the top of the ladder and we cannot jump and, 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 and start from zero and just go and do the Amida because then you're not going to be ascending on that ladder. So there's if my recommendation for people who don't pray and want to begin praying, they should do first the, the morning blessings and, and, and praise Hashem for the goodness He gives you. You should do the preceding blessings of the Shema. You should do the Shema and then you should do the Amida. This should take you, I would say, 15 minutes the most. And, uh, and, and in this way, you are able to ascend this ladder. And in the morning when you wake up, this is the first thing you do after you wash your teeth, you wash your hands and you get dressed. It's going to make a whole difference in your day because you're going to be connected to the right outlet. So these four stages form a gradual process which allows us to reach to the top of the ladder. And, uh, and it has to be done step by step. So what is the idea of praising God? What do, why do we, the first thing we do is that we start praising Hashem? It is because we are naturally inclined to relate to things that are of physical nature. We are not naturally disposed to spirituality, although we do have a godly soul inside of us, but most likely our animalistic instincts are in a, in a more, are, are stronger than the desires of the of the godly neshama, and uh, and it, is, it says that it's not because spiritually is not is not our true natural state. Deep down, that's really who we are. In reality, this is who we are. We are a, a, a neshama elokit. This is our essence. Uh, may we live all long and old lives, but the day that we return our soul to our maker, this is the part of us that is eternal. It never ends. It's, it goes forever. And, and our, but the problem is that our spiritual identity, which Hasidic teaching calls our godly soul, is covered up. And it's covered up 
not only by our body, but it's also covered up by our animal soul, which is um, it's a life force that we have inside of us that Hashem put inside of us for a reason. We need to have an, an instinctive nature to be able to survive in this world. We need to have... Um, I need to eat, I need to sleep, I need to get dressed. If not, we would not be able to survive in this world, and we need it. But at the same time, this nature can take over, and then we become these very materialistic and animalistic people, and our godly neshama will be like asleep. So, so what it says here, the process of prayer is to help remove all, all of that which covers up and inhibits our godly soul from being one with God. So this is what really prayer does. And it's called the Avodah. It's called when, when the temple stood, people used to go and take their sacrifices to the temple. This is what they used to do. And when they took the sacrifices to the temple, should it be a, a, a sacrifice of gratitude or because you were atoning for a sin or because whatever reason you were taking this, uh, this sacrifice to the temple, it, it was like prayer because what you did is that the moment they sacrificed the animal in the altar, you were sacrificing the animal within you. So today we don't have a temple, and today we don't do sacrifices. But what the prayer does is that it does sacrifice our innate animal inside of us every day. Because what it does is that it releases the godly part, it allows it to flourish and come out, and the animalistic part of ourselves gets submissive towards Hashem. So it says that many of the problems uh, and psychological difficulties that we experience in our days, especially stress and anxiety and all these issues that everybody suffers from, is because of the inflated expectations that we have of ourselves because of our ego. So our ego is our animal. And our ego is what makes us suffer in this world, in reality. If we're able to, to appease him and, and make him feel uh, content, then we won't be suffering so much. So when there is a conflict because we don't seem to be able to live up to the inflated expectations that we have, uh, then that's when our problems begin. And when we dive in, we help lift ourselves up out of this and reveal our true identity, which is really our, our, our godly neshama. So the, the first stage is to get our animal soul to, to more or less to appreciate something spiritual. This is the first thing we need to do when we wake up in the morning after getting dressed and washing our teeth and combing our hair and looking presentable, is, is to want spirituality because it, we are more geared to the material and pleasures of the world. So if you talk to a cow, for example, it's going to be very hard to get to the cow uh, to accept something from you or something spiritually. So try ta talking philosophy to it. Try to talk philosophy to the cow. The cow is not going to appreciate what you're trying to say to, to it whatsoever. So our animal soul in many respects is like that cow. It's very animalistic and it's not interested in anything spiritual. The, the, you have this duality inside of you 
One is ego, 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 me, me, me. I want, I want, I want. I think, I think, I think. I, 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 I. Whenever you're thinking I, that's your ego. That's your animal soul. And there's the, that other part of you is what does God want from me? What is the right thing to do? What should I do for this person that is going to make him feel better? And this is your godly neshama. So, so, the, so the, the animal in us is really not interested in spirituality, but the difference is that our animal soul and what differentiates it from a regular animal is that you can reason with it, you can talk to it, and it can get to, to rationally uh, look at what you're saying to it. And so, he cre so look at how great God is, God is the creator, you can reason within, look that God gives us food, look that God protects us. You can reason to your animal soul. He'll, he'll understand these things. He's the one that gives you the money so you can go and buy nice clothes. So there's a, there's a, a psalm that says, there's verses and psalms that, that describe God as the creator and sustainer of life. And the animal soul understand, understands materialism self. The most effective line of approach is to try to impress your animal soul with how good it is for it to, its own material self to be close to God. So we begin in the morning. Thank you, Hashem, for clothing me. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me food. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me um, shelter. All these things can be reasoned with the animal soul and the animal soul will come to appreciate that Hashem is the one that gives him everything. So, so lo a loving God means loving that which created you, your health, your sustenance, your children. This is a loving God, is to appreciate that God really loves you and he really takes care of you. So the, the soul, the animal soul, uh, different from the regular animals, is that a human being has free choice. And the animal soul does have free choice, he can choose. So you can take your animal in the morning and make him choose to want to connect to Hashem. So the second stage is the blessing before the Shema. And here we're going up another rung on the ladder of prayer. And the blessings before the Shema talk about the angels and how the angels in heaven are so excited about God. So this also, the animal soul, also can relate to these angels uh, because the angels are considered as animals, really. The angels are a creation of God and they don't have free will. They do anything that Hashem asked them to, ask him, them to do. And, um, and, and the animal soul might be somewhat impressed when it davens and sees how great God is. But it says, look, I can just break away from all this in ungodly stuff just because you're convinced me that God is good. It's just not the thing that animals do. So the idea of blessing before the Shema is to tell him that the angels who are also animals are also excited about God and there's nothing better than peer pressure. So you tell this animal inside of you, look, even the angels are praising Hashem. This is what they do in the morning, at Shaharit. They, they, they're waiting for you to pray so they can praise Hashem. So uh, the angels 
the, I'm saying they're animals, really, it's not a disrespectful uh, way to talk about them. They're referred to as animals in the Torah and at the beginning of the book of Ezekiel, there's a whole vision where the angels are portrayed as animals. And because what is an animal? And okay, an angel is not like a cow or a fish or a, or a horse. No, physically. But an animal is a creature that has intelligence, not like a human being. Uh, but it has intelligence. Uh, you, we see it. We see dogs recognize their owners and they wage their, their tails and they're happy to see them when they come home. And the other day I saw a video of a cat saving a little baby from throwing himself down the stairs. So animals do have a certain amount of intelligence that is embedded in them, but it's really instinctive. This is, their intelligence is something that is instinctive. It's their program for it. And, and their following their program. So angels are also programmed creatures. They are spiritual computers, as you want to call them. When, and what is a computer? A computer can be even more intelligent than a human being. It's programmed. It's an intelligent thing. But like human beings, they don't have free choice. So a computer can be the most of the most, the, 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 like look at those iPhones today. Like I don't know how to use half of it. And they're more intelligent than me, the Alexas and the Cities and all these things, but at the end of the day, they cannot choose to be good or evil. They cannot choose. So, but we human beings, we have the capacity of free choice. That's what makes us different from the rest. And so you can tell the animal soul that these angels, its peers, are excited about God. In fact, in the Kabbalah, we're told that the various types of angels are the direct spiritual predecessors, a higher link in the chain of the animals as we know them down here. And so the prepping up of the animal soul in the verse of praise and the blessings about the angels attains its goal in the third stage of prayer, which is the Shema Israel. So we come to the Shema Israel. And what is the Shema Israel? The Shema Israel, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. We are proclaiming that there's only God. God is everything. Shema Israel, listen Israel. Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem, which is the never-ending name of God, Yud Kei Vav Kei, Elokeinu, which is God, the, the natural God, the one that is hiding in nature, Hashem Echad is one, He's one. So what we're doing in the Shema is that we are proclaiming the unity of God. That's what we're doing in the Shema. And we express our love for God with all our heart. Because it says, Shema Israel, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, and, and it says, you shall love your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your might. So with all your soul and with all your might, you as an individual cannot truly love God when your an animal soul loves something else. Like you cannot love God if your, uh, your instinctive nature is loving something else. Like if you love money, 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 this is your love. How can you love God if you love money? But as you go through the process of davening, of praying, your animal soul begins to recognize that maybe its, its first love should be God. It starts to say, yeah, you know what? My first love has to be God. And all my other loves should be uh, focused 
in serving Hashem. So yes, money, money, I like money, but what am I gonna use my money for? If it's not to help other people, to give a beautiful home to my family, to give a good education to my children, to dress my wife nicely, or, or whatever it is, then that's where your love has to be. And maybe it shouldn't stand in a way of godly soul, and then you can love God with all your hearts. And it's interesting because it says you shall love your God, your God, with your with your soul, with your might, and with your heart. Why doesn't it say heart? It says heart. It says it in plural. And Levaveja denotes a double heart, which in the Talmud remarks that it's because your heart is split in two. One set of emotions on the heart are guided by your godly neshama, and the other part of your heart is guided by your animal soul. So it's divided in two. And so when it says in the Shema that you should love your God with all your, with all your heart, hearts, what it means is with your godly neshama and with your animal soul, with everything. You have to love God with everything you've got. So we see here that the Shema, the emphasis on this prayer is on the love of God. This is the most important thing about the Shema. So first we, we wake up, we say blessings, brahas, we're praising God for all the goodness He gives us. Then we come and we do the, the pre-blessings of the Shema in which we're acknowledging that we're, we have free will and that we can choose to love God, that even angels are praising Hashem. So if even angels that are considered like animals are doing this for God and the animals too, then how can I, a human being, not love God, not praise Hashem? And then we come to the, to the Shema in which we are, it's a love letter. It's a love letter between us and God. It's we're proclaiming our love, love to God. And, um, and then we see that we come to the fourth part of, of, of our prayer, which is the Amidah, the Shemone Ezre. And, um, and now, if you've gone through all this process in a proper way, you stand in, to in total and complete union with God, and there aren't two things, you and God, but it's only you and God. You're one. You become one. And so, there's something very interesting about the Amidah. The first braha of the Shemone Ezre of the Amidah it has to be done with a lot of kavana, with a lot of intention. And it, it, it says, Baruch Ata Hashem, blessed are you God, includes the expression of gratitude, but blessing really means abundance. So when we're saying Baruch Ata Hashem, uh, the, God of, of, the God of my fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, what we're doing is that we are acknowledging Baruch Ata Hashem, Blessed are you, God, the one that brings me all my blessings, is we're acknowledging that God is the giver of all goodness in this world. And this is very important in your relationship with God. There's people who pray and they don't feel that God is blessing them. They don't feel that God is the, 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 the source of all abundance in life. They think that God really is the source of all their problems. And in reality, that's a bad relationship with God. It would be even better not to believe in God if, if this is the God you believe. 
live in. This is not the one that, that is the Jewish God. So the Jewish God or God, the one God in the world really is the source of all blessings and this is the most important concept when a person is praying the Amidah is to concentrate on this and when you recognize that God is the source of all your blessings then your life is going to be a blessed life. It says Rabbi Cook. Rabbi Cook has a, an incredible uh, essay on this and he says that the source of all problems in people's lives is the confusion and the conception of Hashem. All our problems would disappear individually and globally, worldwide, if we would have clarity and really and really what and, and reality what you mean when you say Hashem who is your God. So if people really acknowledge that all the everything in the world comes from Hashem, all our problems would really disappear. And our God is laid in the first three blessings of the Amidah. We say you to Hashem. Blessed are you, Hashem. Imagine when you go to your teacher, to your boss, to your to your to your raf, you don't say you. You don't go to your teacher in high school or in college say you or you go to your rav and you say you. No, that's a lack of respect. But Hashem here is telling me, telling us you. Blessed are you, Hashem. He makes himself very intimate with us. He really is one with us. So Hashem wants to be in this world. And how is he going to be in this world if it's not through us? The only way that he can be part of the world is through us. Through our acknowledging him that he is the source of all blessings in this world. Imagine, if I'm Margie, who is Margie? Margie, yeah, maybe I'm Roberto's wife and maybe I'm my daughter's mother, yeah, or a friend's friend, but live a little higher, live a little higher, he's giving classes, I have students, I have people that listen to me, but if I wasn't live a little higher, I wouldn't be live a little higher, so the same way Hashem created the world in a way that he needs us to be able to be part of this world. It's not that he needs us, that he's a needy God. He's not a needy God, but he chooses to be needed so he can be a part of our lives and he can be part of this world. He chose that. So in order for him to be part of this world, we have to acknowledge him. We have to make him relevant and we have to make him real. So, so Baruch Atah Hashem, Hashem needs us so he can be Hashem. If we wouldn't pray, then where's God? There's no God. If we make him, we, we make him real. So, in, uh, so to finish off, to finish off, this class has gone a little too, too, too long. I'm sorry for that. But to finish off is that we have to realize that prayer in reality is not going to change God. We're not praying to change the world, not praying to change Hashem. When we're praying, we're really changing ourselves and we're changing our connection to God. We're making ourselves relevant to Him and Him relevant to us. This is what we do through prayer. And, um, and for sure, and for sure, when we pray, we cannot change Hashem, but we for sure can change ourselves. And in reality, at the end of the day, when we change ourselves, we do change the world because the world become, becomes a different world. So these three types of prayers in the Amidah, 
requesting recognition at, at, at the beginning and then we thank him for all the brahas he gives us in our life and every opportunity he, he gives us is really acknowledging that there is God, that there is Hashem is real. So I leave you here. I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.